You're listening to the Mile You're In podcast. Everything running related from 100 meters to 100 miles. And now here's your host, Phil Patterson Jr. What's going on, everybody? You know who this is. We're back for episode 20 of the Mile You're In podcast. And before I get started and bring my guest on, I just wanted to give you guys a quick recap of this past weekend. You guys know I was running or trying to run the Miami 125. Things did not go the way I expected them to. It started out great. A huge rainstorm came through and just knocked out a lot of us. Uh, Basically what happened was like, if you're familiar with downtown Miami, it gets flooded real easily when it storms. And me being an uncrewed runner, I was doing my best to get to the next checkpoint where I had socks and stuff to, you know, take care of myself. But by then it was too late. My feet were already a mess. So I did what I could. But basically from my old 33 and on, it was just, uh, it was a disaster. So by mile 80, I, I had to call it. I could literally feel the skin just coming off my feet and I started getting back spasms from like altering the way I walk and ran and it was just not worth it for trying to do another 20 to 45 miles or so so yeah I might discuss that on another episode and go into further details but the reason I wanted to mention that as well is part of what we're going to discuss today is just the disappointment that you can experience when you know you put everything into something uh, especially one particular event and for me you guys know it's been a, a tough year with the last three races just not going the way they have um, previously so to be honest I'm still a little I'm still struggling with it it's hard for me to go on social media and and see pictures being posted from the race and just reading people's recaps but I've gotten some motivation from it and from other people and other runners that have nothing to do with this this part of the sport and it's just it's motivational to know that you know these things happen they're out of your control Um, but if you are willing to get back up and keep trying that you know there's there's always another opportunity on the other side of it you just you can't let that bring you down and just ruin everything you've worked for so with that said i'm bringing on a special guest uh i've had her on the website before um pretty recently but after everything that's gone down since then i i was doing my best to bring her on the podcast because i feel like we can we can get a little bit deeper into that than than the written stuff so here she is Kendall Ellis go ahead and introduce yourself (laughs) hi I'm Kendall Ellis uh born and raised in South Florida very very proud of it graduated from the University of Southern California and I'm now a professional track athlete for New Balance and Team USA and one thing I joked about with her originally was how for you guys that are local you know, uh, I will I will say it. A lot of us are not very fond of schools like St. Thomas. Uh, you guys beat up on a lot of us. Um, you always have. Uh, I know when I was in school, it was St. Thomas and Cardinal Gibbons. Those were like the two down here in Broward that kind of just made it hard for anyone else to really succeed in sports. Um, but I, being just a sports fan, I would always, you know, look in the paper and for me, it was kind of cool to watch Sonia Richard Ross. Um, you know, she graduated the same year as me, which makes it probably makes you feel young and me feel older. But um, you know, it was it was kind of then like seeing athletes like her who didn't have the attitude that some of them, a lot of them, tend to have. That made me realize, okay, you can't judge this school based off of a handful of athletes um, and coaches. You know, some of you are humble and and 
respectful to the sport. So uh, it's nice to see that you had that same type of mentality. And I know when I brought you on the website, it was right before the Olympic trials. And um, I guess we'll start there. I know it's been weird with COVID and, you know, you go from running at these college events where it's it's packed and probably loud and crazy and then you go to something that's um a lot more tame and quiet so what was that experience like just initially going to the trials and just um that atmosphere yeah um i know this is gonna sound kind of shocking to some people but I kind of enjoy the no spectator aspect that we've been having for the past year or so. Okay. Um, I think, you know, I would love to have my family and like close friends be able to come see me compete, but it just takes off so much pressure and it feels like such a more relaxed environment when like you walk out and like, you know, there's nobody staring back at you. There's like, it's just nice. It's, just, it's really just like you and the track. And I've, I've kind of really enjoyed getting to just like focus on that, these meets this year. So would you say you're like an introvert type? Oh, for sure. I'm okay, very, so- very much an introvert. <laughs> okay. See that is because that's something I had talked about with others on the show is you know, I feel like that's an advantage to some athletes where the crowd is an advantage to them. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we kind of like, I personally feel like I've seen that in some of the professional sports, um, specifically like basketball and football, where there, a lot of the arenas and stadiums, you couldn't have fans. And I feel like some athletes performed extremely well last year. And this year, they're starting to come a little bit back to earth. Um, and I'm wondering if it's that atmosphere that kind of rattles them a little bit or just distracts them, maybe. Right. Um, so, you know, for those who don't know, um, maybe didn't follow or, or don't remember, um, kind of take us through, you know, the, the the heats and what happened at the trials for you. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's three rounds of the 400. Um, man, it's really taking me back. I'm trying to think. I, I'm pretty sure I ran like 50 point in every single round, but, but I, I'm definitely a round runner. I get better and better the more reps I have. So I'm never really intimidated by having to run back to back. I, I feed off of that. Um, so I'm pretty sure, I think I won my first heat. I think I won my first round. And then my second round, um, I had Allison Felix in my heat and I remember that round really well um, and I ended up winning that round as well um, so I'm feeling confident like I'm feeling good I'm like okay my races are going well like I'm executing the race plan that coach is asking of me I'm feeling good and then we get to the final round which like determines whether or not you are on the team if you go to the Olympics and I'm feeling good. I'm like, there's there's not a doubt in my mind. Like, I'm about to be on this team. And I think I could win the whole thing the way I'm feeling. So ran that final round and I ended up getting fourth, which was heartbreaking. <laughs> I can I can imagine. I remember seeing like the the videos and some of the photos and I was like, oh, this is that's tough. <laughs> really? Especially because and I, I've said it previously that like for someone like me like when I interview you guys like I I become a fan and the problem with that is like now like I root for so many of you that it's like you know you're on one hand you're happy for for these athletes but on the other hand you're just devastated and crushed for the ones that didn't make it and Mm -hmm. you know it's it's like you end up not saying anything at all or if anything (laughs) you just privately congratulate certain people but like seeing your social media posts around that time like I was like man this is I can't imagine like this you know you're that close because like you said you you were doing very well and at that point I was looking at like the times um, following each round and I was like okay like you know I understand some people might even hold it back depending on what heat they're in and Mm -hmm. I was just like no like I think I think she's got this. So when I <laughs> seen it, I was like, oh man, like I can't imagine that. So 
take us through, I guess, well, actually, before we even go that far, like what was, um, cause I would assume, even though you competed at like the highest levels collegiately, I would still think this was even like a step above that. So what was, what was it like experience wise and maybe anything you learned, um, you know, even if it was something somebody told you while you were out there, it's like just that, that environment and, and experience learning from a lot of professionals and going up against the best in the world and not just like the college level. Yeah. Um, are you talking about trials or at the games themselves? Um, the trials. So like before we uh, even, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was my first Olympic trials. I can say that. I know people thought I went in 2016, but I, I didn't. I was a sophomore in college that year and I was hurt. So I didn't go. So this was my first Olympic games trials. And that in itself was like really wow to me really eye-opening for me and really inspiring because I think we all kind of have these dreams and things that we want to do but I'd never kind of admitted that self admitted that out loud or to myself like wanting to be an Olympian wanting to go to the Olympics so to be at the trials and not only just like barely get in and be like oh I'm happy to be here but being a heavy contender and somebody who could very well make the team and be on the podium at the end of the day um so I think for for me the trials that was a really, really high point of my career, but it's also kind of a point where it's like, I'm supposed to be here. Like, this is something I've always been capable of achieving. So like, you belong here. Like, you're not, you're no longer like a rookie. You're no longer like little college Kendall who's like <laughs> looking around wide eyed. Like, you're really, you're a major contender here. Like, you are somebody who can, can take one of these top three spots. So. Um, it was just kind of kind of a, a full circle moment where it's like, yeah, you've earned this, you've worked for this, and like this is exactly where you're supposed to be. And I actually like that attitude because I know same thing. Like I, I looked at again the times that s- some athletes were running, and I was just like, man, I don't think like not in your specific um in the 400 but just in general like watching the different distances and everything I would see certain athletes that I was like man I don't I don't think they're gonna even make the finals like it's just like you know looking at the heats that they were in or um, just the times that they were running it's like I don't know if they're gonna have enough time to get where they need to be to make the final or finish in the top three and Again, that's kind of different with you and, and some of the others where even though this is the first time around, um, you know, it's just like this, you're you're in the prime or, or you're doing it like a thing, Mo, like, like, God, like I can't even, <laughs> like she's just dominating and, and she's what, 19? Right? Yeah, I think so. So, and like you'd look at her and, and just the way she handles herself and you wouldn't think she's 19 years old like right i can't imagine me doing so i was too immature at 19 but <laughs> so you didn't make it and you know we can all kind of guess what you're going through at that time like what ends up like how because now we know you made it you got picked um not for the 400 um individual but you did make it what like how did you find out and how like how long after did you find out that you were picked for the mixed relay team? Um, well, I kind of knew immediately when I crossed the line, to be quite honest. Um, I've been on the 2017 world team, 2019 world team. So I kind of just assumed it worked the same way for Olympics. Um, those who place fourth to like seventh or maybe with like because of the addition of the mixed relay now, it's like fourth to eighth place. Um essentially if you're in the final for the 400 or like even the hundred for events that have like a relay component to it, you are more than likely going to be picked for the relay. Oh, okay. So I went to the line, I was like, Oh yeah, no, like I'm still going, but not in the spot that I wanted to go. Okay. So then, cause I didn't, I didn't know how that worked. Now, mm-hmm. did they like, cause you were also a part of the, um, the women's relay side of it and ran yeah. in that like is that also like kind of guaranteed or like did they tell you that was like additional later on um the relay procedures for like 
USATF are, are kind of different. I think I knew that I was more than likely going to be on it just because I had gotten fourth place. Um, it wasn't like I had gotten like seventh or eighth, like I was the next one. Um, and also my experience from years prior and then like my PRs and the times I ran before, I kind of I kind of knew I'm like more than likely I'm going to be on this four by four prelim team. So nothing's ever guaranteed, but right. just. <laughs> OK, no. Well, no, that makes sense, too, because, um, you know, it's, you got to also think about like if somebody gets hurt or right. something happens, then, you know, like like automatically you're you were next in line. But I didn't know like relays because um, I know also some athletes might not want to run multiple distances they might want to focus on that one so now we get to the olympics and like we all know that in itself was another just chaotic experience for a lot of people um Mm -hmm. probably now knowing a little bit more about you you probably enjoyed it um (laughs) but what was uh, because i know i'm pretty sure like initially you know, you know, you're going to the Olympics, so people probably start telling you things that have been there before, but they're telling you based off experience from prior Olympics where things are totally different. And yeah, we've been living in this whole COVID restrictions and, and everything that comes with it, but it's still on another level. Like, you know, what I experience is nothing like what you experience. So getting there, like, um, I know some didn't even stay um, on like the the premises or in the area. So, did you guys stay in like I, I forget what it's even called, like the the, the village? Yes, the village. Yeah, we stayed in the village. And because I know, like, this was the thing, like a lot of people were were wondering because I seen it on social media as well. What was like? I'm a, it seemed like they gave you guys a schedule of when you could train and, and basically do everything. So, what was that like? Um, and what like what would happen if you missed like if you were late or something like that um it wasn't anything crazy like you know you you could go to breakfast when you want lunch dinner when you wanted um i'm not sure how it was for other countries because i know usatf we had like a kind of like a private situation so for us um there was like a bus schedule that was given out and then during those hours, you could go to the practice track, or if you didn't want to go to the USATF specific track, then you could go to the um, regular one that everyone could be at. So it was pretty, it was pretty lenient, um, you know, in terms of like when you want to train and how you want to do this and that. But of course, like COVID protocols, such as like taking a test every morning and turning that in and making sure you were wearing your mask at all times throughout the village. So. They were definitely um, keeping us as safe as they could. I think they did the, the very best that they could with the precautions they had in place. Okay. Yeah. Just well, maybe. So maybe it was like some of the other countries. Yeah. It might I have saw. been that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it just seemed like some of them were like sitting there waiting, like, okay, like I know my time is coming that I'm allowed to use the track and mm-hmm. like, you know, I got to make sure I don't miss it. And then like they were, like soaking in the fresh air and sun because they're like otherwise <laughs> I'm stuck in my little dorm and I can't go anywhere so um I just like I was like man it's got to be like killing the experience for a lot of people because I'm sure normally you could just kind of roam around and you know I've seen I think we've all kind of seen like Phelps and those guys that kind of got in trouble you know wandering around and doing crazy stuff during the Olympics so like it's not like that this time so it's got to be uh, maybe better because you get to focus a little bit more, less distraction. But, you know, again, for, for some people, getting to free your mind and clear your head a little bit is also an advantage. So it seemed like it just continued for you because now I, I didn't know this about relays until this Olympics. I guess I just never paid that much attention to it, but I didn't know. I don't know if it's that you don't have to or it's if it's by choice, but all the runners don't have to run each heat. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that was the first thing that confused me because when I saw the first heat for the mixed, I'm like, well, wait, I don't even see Kendall. Like, mm-hmm. was, like I thought maybe you got hurt or <laughs> something happened. So like, how does that work? Like um, deciding who's going to run the heats and, and everything when it comes to that. 
Yeah, I think the coach is just kind of, because like I said, when you make the team, um, you're essentially in the relay pool. So there's like maybe five, six of us who they can choose from and decide, you know, if they're running, if they're running the heats of the relay or if they're running the final. Um, so it's really just up to the coaches to kind of look at the group of athletes they have and see who they think can can give us the hopefully the gold or like the best the best place finish that we can get. Um, so it's mostly just up to the coaches to kind of look at the group of people and choose what they think is best. I guess then you're because I don't know personally. I think if I got that far, I'd be like, yo, I'm running everything coach put me in. Like I like I don't because of what ended up happening initially, like right. I would have been like, oh my God, like <laughs> now I don't even get any chance at all. And I think like just from like I still almost can picture it. I can I can still remember reading it and feeling it when you were like worst Olympic experience ever. <laughs> like I still think about that sometimes like seeing that because again I, I was like oh my god like the trials experience and then here's your chance to 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 do something and it's taken away from you without you even having anything to do with it so right for those that didn't know there was um an issue with the location of the runner and the transition from with the baton were you were you there? Were you like in the dorm watching it? Like, where were you when this all happened? I was in the stands. Yes, yeah, so I was watching it live. <laughs> oh, man. So what was it? What was actually so what was that like? Because from what I heard too, even like other runners and athletes that are at, you know, that level, they were all saying they even noticed, you know, just the way they were lining up, like something was off. So like to me, I would like I'm wondering if are you guys like screaming from the stands like you know what what was that like well I was on the other side of the stands not near the line not near the finish line we were on the back stretch so honestly I didn't notice anything especially because I don't know I wasn't watching that intently I was just kind of checking to make sure like no flags went up um so like I I didn't notice a difference in where they were standing I couldn't tell from where I was did it like pop up on the screen because that part I didn't find out until like till it like started trending like crazy on Twitter uh-huh. um, <laughs> yeah no how, we were like how was it noticed stand. we were watching they finished we're like okay cool like we're good we're like get ready for tomorrow and then um someone's like hey it has DQ next to like USA and we all look up at the scoreboard and we see DQ and we're like what the heck and then um, our coach like runs off to go to go talk to whoever you're supposed to talk to when things like that happen. So yeah, we didn't we didn't. I mean, we knew us after the race, but it was just so unexpected because I don't even think we saw flags go up during the actual relay. I don't think anyone noticed anything until the very end. So now you're you've made it, but you're disqualified for something you had nothing to do with. Um, and you're going through kind of, you know, that there's, they're, they're disputing it. Um, you know, they're, they're challenging it to try to get you guys reinstated. What was it like? And how did you find out, um, that you guys did get reinstated to continue? (laughs) Um, man, it was, it was like heartbreaking because like you said, I had nothing to do with this. And then it's like, okay, the one time at this point, I already knew that I was going to be on the four by four prelim and probably not the final. So I was like, man, the one time I get to be in the final for something and I get to get on the podium and have the whole experience, like I don't get to do that anymore. So um, it was like instant tears for me. I'm such a crybaby. So like, (laughs) as soon as I saw the DQ, I was in the waterworks. Um, Really, really sad, like trying to figure out like what happened what was the issue and then once we hear like oh it was like not standing at the right spot I'm thinking to myself like oh no way are we gonna like win that protest like how do you win that like you were standing outside of the exchange zone I don't I don't know what what else there is to talk about so I'm just kind of like well this sucks like (laughs) this is (laughs) this is a terrible experience like I already got fourth place to the trials like you said and then I come here and like I may not even get to be in the final for the one event that I was going to get to be in the final for um so 
we didn't find out that we had won the protest until so much later. Um, I don't remember exactly like the times, but I want to say it was like, I think I got a text at like maybe 1.30 in the morning um, because I didn't find out until somebody had texted. I think my family member or somebody had texted me and was like, you're reinstated. So I wouldn't have known if I went to bed at a good time that night, but I was up <laughs> in tears. So yeah, I saw the text at like one, one something in the morning and was like, okay, cool. Like, great. <laughs> Let's <laughs> pull it together for, for tomorrow. Yeah. It's gotta be a, an emotional roller coaster Cause it's like, you want to get hyped, but you gotta, you gotta stay calm enough that you can hold all that emotion in and use it for the right reasons yeah and I think that's what was so draining it was just like seeing the disqualification was heartbreaking and then it's like there's like these five six hours of uncertainty where like you don't know whether or not you're competing the next day and you're kind of trying to be hopeful but it's also like I don't want to get too excited and now I'm crushed even more so it was just really really emotionally taxing like even once finding out that we were reinstated it was still kind of like tough to to get excited about it again because of what had happened so now because i know you mentioned for the individual there was three heats for the mixed was there three as well or was it just two two just two okay so now mm-hmm. you know okay i'm gonna get my chance to run in the olympics in the final event chance the podium like you said um and at that point like just looking at the competition i think we all you know, I don't want to say we have too much of an ego, but I think a lot of us look at USA and we're like, okay, we're, we got to definitely get, you know, top three. You know, we may not yeah. win it. You know, there's there's always some surprise countries in different mm-hmm. divisions, but I'm trying to remember, I think you were, I know you weren't the first. So what, what, um, what, um, I don't even know what do you what do you actually call you're, you're actually teaching me some stuff as well like <laughs> um so with relay I, like I know like there's names for each of the each four leg yeah yeah I was I think I was second leg and is that yeah, something yeah. for relay is that, is that something you're normally because I know that's also um uh, that varies depending on who's on the the, the relay team so is that yeah like, that's normal um, I've ran every leg at this point. So I think 2017 Worlds, I ran second leg. So it's nothing It's nothing new for me at a major championship. And is there like one that you prefer of the four? Um, I like third and fourth leg. Those are the legs that if I had a choice, I'd be like, yeah, put me third or anchor. Okay. Well, I, I think, you know, I'm sure you hear about it all the time. Actually, I think so because <laughs> you even put it in your... I think I saw it on your Instagram. You put like that, the race or yeah. that race. <laughs> I think we, that's how I discovered you. Um, and I still watch that. It's like listening, like watching you run and listening to the the female announcer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it gives me chills sometimes. I'm like, wow, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and actually for you guys that never seen that or don't know what I'm talking about, I'm going to put that in the show notes as well. I'm going to link the, the video because you got to see uh, this finish that she, the crazy comeback she, she put out. But for the mixed relay final now, kind of just take us through that, like how it went and how you felt with the with the result. Yeah, um, I think it went okay. I think, I feel like even though I'm 25 and I've been running for a long time at this point, I think I still learned something like every race. Um, and kind of looking back, I wish I had ran it a little differently. Um, but I think overall it's like, okay, it's the first time we ran the mixed relay at the Olympics. It's my first time running it at all. Um, and we, we got on the medal stand, which I feel like we have a bad habit of being like gold or nothing, Mm -hmm. but it's an Olympic medal, (laughs) whether it's gold, silver, or bronze it's an Olympic medal. So like the color at the end of the day is not bigger than, than saying like, I have an Olympic medal. Um, and not, not many people get to say that. So for me, I'm, I, of course I wish it was gold, but 
I am happy just to say like, I got to stand on that podium and I got to receive an Olympic medal around my neck. And that's something majority of the world doesn't even get to say, so. Exactly, like that. that's something, and you're right. Um, again, I think that's definitely an, an ego thing for America. And I think, especially in, in some of the, the sprint distances, there's that USA Jamaica rivalry and and we're kind of just expected to be gold silver one way or the other mm-hmm. and when we don't you know it's it's like some people don't understand and and they kind of criticize and, and judge the athletes and you know right and it's just like I think people get I'm like you people get so caught up in that and it's like it, it's almost like disappointing like oh man they got third place at the Olympics, <laughs> like exactly. third place at the Olympic Games. So I think that I hated seeing a lot of like commentary surrounding it, like the supposed disappointment. But it's like, you know what? It, it's a medal that you don't have. So <laughs> I'm going to be like proud of it. I'm going to be excited about it. And and that's just that. Right. Because, you know, when you when you really break it down, even if you look at um football, baseball, hockey, basketball, those those pro sports, not everybody that's on that team is the best in the world and not everybody that they competed against. Um, you know, things happen to where certain teams, whether it's injuries or, you know, just uh, hitting your prime at the right time of the season, things like that, where in your sport, even though, yes, you're going against multiple athletes, sometimes eight, nine of you guys are on a track at a time. Mm-hmm. It's still like a one-on-one mentality and it's still the best in the world. Like it's, you know, it's, it is simply that you're, you're competing against eight or nine of the other best or in relay and that, you know, it's just, I don't think people break it down to that sense. And yeah. again, they do take it for granted that we're so successful and, you know, maybe they see other athletes that have dominated for so long. And I, I another thing I think is they don't pay attention to the other athletes in the world. And they're so focused on, okay, I've watched this athlete run in college and pros and, and I've seen them dominate. And a certain athlete from another country who's done just as good, sometimes better, but they have no idea who they are. They just think they're a nobody and they just made it because they're the best in their country. And it's like, you mm-hmm. know, these are the best in the world. Like it's right. just, and, and in a race too, like in your distances, you know, at least to someone like me, you guys are, are going so fast and the race is so short. I'm sure to you guys, it's, it's slowed down a lot more, but um, there's not much room, if any, for for any mistakes or just like zoning out from what you're supposed to to do each step of that race Mm -hmm. so time wise um i'm assuming that was actually yeah that was before the finals of the women's um but was that before you then ran uh the prelim for the the women's four by four yeah, and the mixed relay finals were first, and then the four by four prelims. So, did that knowing? Okay, I'm an Olympian. I'm an Olympic medalist. Um, did that kind of take any pressure off of you now? Because I would also think what you experienced of almost losing your opportunity just be, and a, and a, I wouldn't say it was our mistake. It was a judge mistake, but. Just in general, I'm sure you have that pressure of, okay, I got to get these four finalists to their race. Yeah. Honestly, I had never thought about, like, disqualification being a thing by the prelim team until I was no longer on the prelim team and was part of the final. Like, I just, it it just (laughs) never crosses my mind until that situation happened. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, it truly is, like, the prelim team's job to to get the final team safely into the finals. Like, it doesn't matter how fast you do it, but, like, just make sure you're being safe and and getting the final team there so they have a chance. Um, So I wouldn't say it put any additional pressure on me. I think anytime I run second leg, I'm really, really adamant about making sure I know where I'm supposed to be standing, making sure I stay in my lane when I'm coming off the curve. Like, 
super, super anal about that and making sure that like, if it's going to get messed up, it's not going to be by me. Right. I'm going to make sure that like, I do everything I'm supposed to do so that nothing, nothing can come back and say, Kendall got his DQ. So <laughs> it didn't put any extra pressure. I was just like, you know what? Let me be super, super sure. Let me make sure I talk to the officials, make sure I'm standing at the right spot and ask as many times as I need to, if this is where I'm supposed to be. So it was just, it was just that like kind of knowing the situation with the officials, making sure that I spoke to them like multiple times um, to be sure about where to go. Now on the flip side, um, so for me, I used to, um, in high school and then through like a little bit after high school, um, I wrestled. So for me, after high school, I was able to enter tournaments where I could do multiple events, where high school, you just got to wrestle your weight class and there's only one style that you wrestle. For me, I know when I was doing multiple divisions, like when I would happen to place or even win one of those divisions and I was going into a semifinal or final match in the other one, like I felt this relief, like, okay, you know what, if, you know, if it doesn't work out, I still got a medal here. And, you know, I did that again, we know what you just mentioned about it's, it's getting someone else there, but getting the medal from the mixed did it have any pressure like taken off you just in general? Like, wow, I'm an Olympic medalist and, and like you mentally feel a little bit freer going into the into that race or it's still just um, OK, that was that's in the past. Refocus, block it out. I have such a hard time celebrating my wins and my accomplishments. So it didn't even cross my mind that like, oh, I'm an Olympic medalist now. Like that's really cool. I mean, like I tweeted about it, but it was just like, it, it didn't was sink no, in. Like, yeah. It didn't sink in for like months afterward. Um, so for me, it was just like, okay, we're going next, next up, like next race, next thing to do. And, and that was that. Wow. See, I, see, that's crazy to me. Cause like, I'm assuming you also got, cause I hear stories like, like, like the uh, medals you get at first are not the real ones or, or something like that. I don't know. Like, Oh no, they are. Okay. <laughs> we so, were handed the real ones. Yeah. So, cause I, so now knowing that I'm thinking if it's me, I'm sitting in my dorm, like just staring at this thing, like crazy excited. And then it's like, okay, I got to focus. Like I still got another race to go. Like <laughs> that's where I would be like, just so <laughs> in that moment, especially with everything you had dealt with um, going into it. But mm-hmm. so kind of to move to the next step of it, you guys ran the um, the prelim and you got us into the final and the women in the final just dominated like crazy. Yep. Um, so, in which I then learned another thing that you all get. Uh, so I guess it's like other professional sports where if you have any part and any role in it, um, you get rewarded too. So you just don't get that um, podium experience, I guess. Um, right. But it was cool to, to see that you also got the gold medal from the women's finals um, result. What was that yeah. like? Um, was it a little bittersweet knowing that you weren't on the actual track getting it or it didn't matter? Like, I got a gold medal. Like, what's that like? Um, I think it was like, I wasn't upset or hurt. That, like, oh, like I wouldn't get to be on the podium. I wish I would ran in the final just because you know, I want to be on the final. Um, because to me, it kind of feels like, although, yes, we had a hand, of course, in, in helping them get that goal, we got them to the next round. It doesn't feel quite as earned, the gold. So even people ask me, they're like, oh, like, which one do you feel more proud about? Mm-hmm. Like your bronze <laughs> or your gold? I'm like, the bronze. Because I, I had like I had a, I was in the final for that one. Like I directly had a hand in like earning us that bronze, you know. And the gold is really nice too. Like I love it and I love looking at it and stuff. And I know ultimately I did I did earn it. I had a part in it. But you know, I feel like there's always a little part in the back of my mind that's like eh, it feels like a participation award, <laughs> like a gold one. <laughs> That's and it's. I'm glad you mentioned because I was actually that was gonna probably be the next question. Um, you know, which one meant more to you? And and your answer was what I was expecting because to me, you know, I even think about like 
um, professional sports. And like one of the athletes I follow, um, LaShawn McCoy, it was like, because he used to play on the team that I root for. And he goes to the Kansas City Chiefs, really doesn't do anything, but he finally gets a Super Bowl ring. Then he goes to the Buccaneers, doesn't do anything really there and gets another Super Bowl ring. And it's like, okay, you're a two-time Super Bowl champion, but like when the playoffs came around and the actual game itself, like you, you weren't used. So you did contribute during the season. um, And you might've had one or two plays where you were on the field and and you still contributed. You got to do something while you're out there. So, yeah, you know, I would think the same thing that the one you actually raced in and, and won versus kind of earning from somebody else that you got to that point would mean more right. um but at the end of the day you still are uh, a t- uh two-time olympic medalist uh, yeah every- everywhere I'll, I'll still say that because <laughs> everywhere <laughs> i look because that's where i was confused too like because i didn't again i didn't know you guys got medals as well so i'm like wait she was only like you know, and I'm trying to like go back and look at the thing. And then, and then I realized I found an article where it kind of broke it down. I was like, Oh, okay. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I, in, in my case, then I would definitely be glad that I got the bronze, you know, that you, I got reinstated and was able to do that because to me, to let's say you weren't, let's say you didn't get reinstated. You go and run the prelims, you get your gold that way. To me, I would, like you said, participation award for sure. I'd have been like, this thing just doesn't mean anything. Right. Or at least now with the bronze, I would think like, okay, it's it's cool. Yeah, like yeah, it's different. It's different for sure. Like I'm proud of both. I'm glad I have both. But the bronze is definitely like closer to my heart for sure. Even if people are more excited to see my gold medal. But <laughs> <laughs> so now I know again because I follow you um, on social media and being local i see different articles um you know things that like some of the sunset and old miami herald like if local papers have have written um i see you've kind of gone around and, and done some stuff um like visiting places and and i'm sure they everybody's trying to get you um <laughs> so what what has life been like since the olympics like um especially because i know that's one big question everyone asks is like do some people start changing like you know when you come around like so what's that like still little Kendall from Pembroke Pine um <laughs> I'm the youngest of three daughters so like I'm definitely still treated as like annoying baby sister so <laughs> um yeah no it's been cool um I won't mention it I think very rarely do I talk about it I know I took my mom shopping at like New Balance and uh we were checking out and she's like, my daughter runs for New Balance. And the guy's <laughs> like, oh, like, that's cool. And she's like, yeah, she went to the Olympics. And he's like, oh, okay. She's like, and she got two medals, a gold and a bronze. <laughs> like, she'll tell people, <laughs> or like, when I'm out with friends, they'll mention it. Like, it's very, very rarely that I mention something. But um, I do have a very shiny diamond Olympic ring necklace that I wear pretty often. So that normally gets people's attention. And then they ask me about it. And we go from there. But um, it's been cool. You know, I spent a lot of time back home in Florida and um, getting to go back to my high school and seeing all the students and positions that I was in, um, seeing my old coach, just like my old AAU coaches also. It's like having them see me since I was seven years old to now 25. And they're like, oh my gosh, remember like the time you quit, like in high school <laughs> and like all the arguments you and him used to get into, like, it's just nice to, to be back with the people who like have really seen it all and like have, have been there by my side through it all and whether I like wanted to go to the Olympics or not or like even if I decided to stop running like I know they'd still love me the same and, and hold me up in high regard anyway so that's been cool that's been really fun. So now um, I know from what it seems like track season is done for the year right? Mm-hmm. So what, like, what's next for you? Like, what plans? Um, Because I know, I'm sure the schedule probably gets a little weird because with everything kind of being shifted um, a year back with COVID, now, Mm -hmm. instead of four years to the next Olympics, 
you got a lot less time. So I don't know how they adjust um, the different tournaments and everything, um, different events that you guys go to. Basically, yeah. what do you have planned um, and what what are the goals for the future? Yeah. So these next, like, I think four or five years are pretty, like, jam-packed. Like, 2022, we have World Championships. 2023, we have World Championships. 2024, Paris Olympics. And then I think 2025 World Championships, I think. Um, so the next two years are heavy on major championships, which... I'm excited about some I'm excited to kind of just get the ball rolling and like not have a break in between. Um, so I think the next goals are just to really I think people know me primarily one for the relay leg that was viral and I think they kind of associate me with relays without realizing that like I made the 2017 world team in the individual 400. I made the 2019 world team in the individual 400. This was my first time not making a major senior team in the individual 400. So it's like, I am established as well in the open 400. I'm not just a relay runner. Um, I am a 49 second quarter miler. So I'm excited for these next few years to just really show that. Um, and I get, I definitely have to prove myself because I can say these things, but it's like, okay, sis, you haven't been in the individual 400 final. So like, I am looking forward to doing that and kind of getting the, getting to show people that I'm, I'm an individual and I can hold my own in the open 400 and, and be a major competitor. So that's, that's my plans for the next few years. Just establish that and be on the podium and win a lot more medals. So I'm excited. All right. And and I'm assuming these, again, the, the crowd atmosphere is, is obviously slowly going to get back to normal. Um, mm-hmm. But we've seen you perform in those type of environments. So we know that's not something that's going to affect you. Uh, yeah. But the, the trials and Olympic experience, um, being around those athletes, and maybe picking their brains. Is there anything you think you can take from this year and everything that's happened um, that's that's going to be beneficial to the future competitions? I think so. Um, something my coach Quincy Watts said to me while we were at while we were in Tokyo. Um, really simple, you know. I'm not someone who like has like these big rah-rah speeches like those kind of those things don't really get to me I'm kind of like okay but coach Watts keeps it really really simple with me and I think we were just looking around at the track and he was like you're here like take a second and really soak this all in like regardless of how the games go you're here like you've reached this moment something that not many people get to achieve so like make sure you take a second and just enjoy this and soak it all in and that's something I really want to take with me into seasons to come because a lot of times I've gotten so wrapped up and concerned with like the outcome and how things are going to go and the pressure I was feeling and it's like you're literally running in Switzerland like you got (laughs) flown out here on somebody else's dime you're getting to enjoy the country you're seeing things in places you've never been before like soak that in like soak it up for everything that it has to offer so I just want to want to take that into account more in seasons to come and kind of just being a lot more grateful because you know 2020 showed us that like the world can mm-hmm. literally stop yeah. and uh, it can be taken away from you very quickly so just just enjoying each moment that it presents to me very very true uh so uh to wrap it up i will put the following information in the show notes as well um but I like to give everybody the opportunity to promote whatever social medias they do want. So if there's anywhere, cause I'm sure um, anybody that's listening that doesn't already follow you may want to start. So where can they find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Those are where I'm most active at Kendi, K-E-N-D-I underscore Kendall, K-E-N-D-A-L-L. One thing I will mention is I noticed, and, and now now that I'm thinking about it even more, it would have answered my question that I had earlier. When I went to your website, I noticed 
you don't have the gold medal listed. Um, <laughs> on your, so now, now it kind of answers my question of which one, because um, I, because when I was trying to make sense of it, I'm like, well, she doesn't even consider herself. <laughs> Like she just has the no, bond. So <laughs> I need to update. I do need to update my website, which is also Kendall Ellis Pro. I need to update it since coming back from Tokyo. So it'll be added. Okay, because sure. that because I was looking at that and I'm like, well, maybe she. It's kind of just like an afterthought. So okay, that that clears that up. So, yeah. um, I definitely appreciate you coming on because again, I see, you know, I I'm sure every athlete, especially locally. Uh, you know, in their in their local towns and cities that they start getting requests left and right. And the more popular you are, you know, it just increases. So um, and I one thing I have learned, especially during this time of COVID is to be patient. So uh, we tried many times and we finally succeeded to get you. And I appreciate you taking the time. Um, and again, I'm continuing to be a bigger and bigger fan the more I see of you, uh, because again, you're not just, you're, you're unlike a, a good amount of athletes that become too prideful. You are very humble and, um, you can see that in your social media and you're also relatable just the way you kind of re, re reply to certain things. And, um, like I know there's a certain podcast that came out recently that, I had no idea about until you and uh, TT were talking about, and it's just those type of things. Like you're, you're active on social media, so it makes it a little bit cooler for a fan um, versus these athletes that just kind of have their crew post pictures and they don't really uh, interact on it. So it's fun to see a down to earth athlete um, that's very successful. I appreciate that a lot. Thank you. So guys, uh, until the next episode, just don't let, you know, the downsides of things. And it just, as you know, with this podcast, it's not just about sports. It's connecting sports with life. So if something happens, you don't get the job, you know, homegirl leaves you because it's, it's not working out. <laughs> um, whatever's going on, you're struggling in school with your classes. Like just, you got to keep your head up and keep trying because, you've made it that far and like Kendall said there's there's always something you can learn no matter how many times you go through something even if you've accomplished and been successful in it um things just happen so you have to take that as a learning lesson and grow from it and continue on your journey to accomplish whatever it is you're looking for in life so take that for what it's worth i'll see you guys on the next episode and that's it. Thanks for listening to the Mile You're In podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Check out previous episodes and more at, at heelstriker954.com.